With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do we're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. On The Rematch, you'll hear in-depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life. Because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The Rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, Correct fake news or misreported controversy. The media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas, and the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar, and that's why there's a need for the rematch. Today on The Rematch, I sat down with Enos Cantor Freedom. We discussed his U.S. citizenship, his very public stances against China and Nike, his publicly challenging LeBron, and his appearance on Tucker Carlson. He had a lot to clear up that has been misconstrued from that interview. This was a great discussion. Hope you enjoy. Mr. Enos Cantor Freedom, how you doing, sir? Good, how are you guys? Uh, thanks for coming on the show, The Rematch, uh, BasketballNews.com and Fly TV. Um, you're now an American citizen. So let's start off right there and tell me how that feels. It feels amazing. Obviously, the last uh, six years been rough. Um, you know, just because of, I mean, what I'm going through was made this you know, citizenship so special because obviously some of the things that I talk about, you know, my name was on Interpol list and um, you know, the Turkish government revoked my passport mm-hmm. and it just, the last, you know, six, seven years, I was pretty much stateless. I did not uh, have any place to call home. So that's why to me that, that moment was, was very emotional, uh, to me and it just, um, I was speechless. Um, now explain a little bit more detail what happened to you in Turkey uh, when you criticized the president, because a lot of people still don't know a lot of the details. So just explain a little bit about what happened. 
you know, it, it all happened back in 2013. There was a corruption scandal happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Erdogan and his family uh, was involved in it. And uh, I remember the first time, you know, I said something about it. And obviously, because of the NBA platform, it became viral here in the United States and uh, in Turkey. And obviously, you know, after that, I started to pay attention about what's going on more and more every day. And, um, you know, I remember, you know, my teammates were just going out and hanging out and all that stuff. I was going back home to study, study mm-hmm. about Middle East, study about the relationship between America and, and Turkey and stuff. But to me, it was very important to be the uh, voice of uh, people over there. And, um, you know, obviously, the things that I talk about uh, affected me and my family. You know, um, you know, my dad was a genetic professor. He got fired from his job. My uh, sister went to medical school for six years. She still cannot find a job. My little mm-hmm. brother was playing basketball. He got kicked out in every team. Um, you know, they were getting affected so much, they had to put a statement out there. And saying we are disowning us, um, you know. After that, it was it was very rough. I remember right. going to a practice that day. It was definitely one of the hardest day uh, in my life. And um, you know, obviously after that, Turkish uh, government didn't believe that. They sent police to my house in Turkey and they raided the whole house and they took every electronics away, phones, mm. computers, laptops, because they wanted to see if I was in contact with my uh, family or not. And, uh, you know, if they were to see one evidence, they will be all in jail, which they already took my dad in jail for a while. But we put so much pressure from here to Turkey, they uh, let him go. Mm. Mm. And so that, you know, people, when they saw you so happy, you know, to now be an American citizen, it's good for them to understand the background as to exactly why and what you came from. Exactly. Um, so, so for months, um, you have stood pretty much unafraid to criticize the Chinese government um, for its many human rights violations, uh, whether it's their treatment of the Tibetans, the, um, the people of Hong Kong, the, the Uyghurs, you know, and it's interesting with the Uyghurs because they have, you know, been reportedly by numerous fact-tested, fact-verified reports, um, including Amnesty International, mm-hmm. um, to have been subjected to concentration camps, torture, um, you know, attempts to really erase their entire culture. Can you go into a little bit more detail about that um, with all of our viewers? I remember doing a basketball camp this summer and I was signing you know, autographs for kids. And while I was signing, one of the parents turned around and said, how can you call yourself a human rights activist when your Muslim brothers and sisters are in pretty much a genocide in China and you're, you're still you know, using your platform and focusing on only one region. And I was shocked. You know, I mm-hmm. turned around to that parent. I was like, you know, I'm going to get back to you, I promise. And I started to, you know, learn about what, how China using their power to abuse many countries around, you know, mm-hmm. like Tibetans, um, even Mongolians, um, Taiwanese people, Hong Kongers and Uyghurs and stuff. And, uh, what they were going through definitely broke my heart, you know, but I was like, I'm not just going to watch YouTube clips and decide which side is right or wrong. I actually mm-hmm. wanted to sit down and have some conversation with some of the survivors, you know. So I sit down with uh, some of the survivors, you know, concentration camp uh, survivors and start to uh, talk about um, what they're going through. And it was 
I, my heart had just shattered. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, talking to this woman and she was telling me about how she got, you know, gang raped every day and she was getting tortured and, and she was just not the one. There are millions of people. And I was like, I cannot just, you know, stay, remain silent. I have to do something about this. Right. So, right. So now, um, you've been making the media rounds um, the past few days. You've been very busy since you became an American citizen. Mm-hmm. And again, congratulations on that. And, um, you know, but I want to have a little bit of a different type of discussion with you today than the ones that I've seen a little bit different than your other interviews, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so your, your appearance on Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. has um, garnered a, a, a strong response. And, um, you know, Jamel Hill wrote an article on you in the Atlantic. Um, Dave Zirin wrote one in the nation. Um, Candace Buckner of the Washington Post, you know, Stephen Knox from Deadspin, you know, Rich Strom did a, a, a whole segment from the Young Turks. I can go on and on. And it was really centered around this one interview you did with Tucker Carlson. Um, did you read some of the, the articles and some of the coverage? I know you've been moving around, so I don't know if you got a chance to read everything. Um, did you, you want to respond to it? So, oh yeah, of course. Uh, no, no, I did. I did see it uh, for, for sure. You know, I even sit down with some of my teammates and have a conversation about it. Well, right. let me just explain this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was even uh, actually talking to one of my uh, teammates about it. We sit down and he asked me about the uh, the segment that I that, that I have done and what I said and what I told him was I was like, listen. Obviously, there are human rights violations that are happening, not just in Turkey, not just in China, but all over the world. And obviously, America has her own problems too, yes. But where I'm coming from, right, where I'm coming from, Middle East, especially Turkey, mm-hmm. you know, just because of your outspoken, they put your dad in jail and pretty much torture. Right. Just because of your outspoken, you know, I haven't seen my family since 2015 and haven't even talked to them years. You know, where I'm coming from, just because of you like uh, somebody's uh, Twitter post or mm-hmm. Facebook post that a uh, person is, you know, criticizing the government, you could be in jail. So what I try to meant in that segment was, obviously, America has their own problems. Everybody knows that, but people should feel very lucky and blessed to be in this situation, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, I... If you go overseas, especially where I, where I grew up, or Middle East, some of the countries like Iran, Iraq, uh, North Korea, um, you know, this country, Venezuela, Belarus, I can go on and on. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it, trust me, you do not want to associate with any of these governments over there because it's just, it just brutal dictatorship. Mm-hmm. So what I meant was, I mean, at least in America, you have checks and balances. You, know, you have rules and laws. And obviously, there are some problems that are happening here. Yes, I'm not denying it. I am recognizing there are problems that are happening in America. But people should feel, should feel lucky because they have freedom of speech, religion, and expression, and there is democracy. And I think that part was okay. Um, and I think that people definitely understood that part. Um, but we know Tucker Carlson. And I think that was we saw the the underlying objective that he had in the interview that I think I believe me personally was kind of unbeknownst to you. Um, you know, Jamel Hill said, you know, in his freedom is showing the danger of attracting the wrong kind of supporters. 
Um, Dave Zirin said, you know, Tucker looked like a rosy, cheat, spoiled child under the Christmas tree. Uh, for him having Enos attack powerful, outspoken black people uh, must feel like getting the gift topping uh, his list for Santa. So, you know, Rick, Rick, Rick Strom said Tucker Carlson framed the entire segment to go against black athletes speaking out. Now, I, my reaction when I heard it was that I don't think that you meant what Tucker Carlson kind of guided you into saying. And I tweeted that. And a lot of people disagreed with me. But I, I, I wanted you, I wanted to really speak to you to have you clarify what you said. And, th- and this is the reason why, because we, I sat down with you um, two years ago, right before COVID. Um, we had a great discussion. You know, the, the interview didn't get to come out because then COVID happened and everything was in disarray. Yeah. But my, you know, if you remember, I had my daughter Imani with me and she was watching you. I, I signed an um, a autograph, my, my book, We Matter, Athletes mm-hmm. and Activism for You. And you took a picture with my daughter. And listen, she had so many questions after listening to the interview and she researched Turkey and she researched the, 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 the government. And how, you know, did a whole paper about it. So you really had a strong impact on her from that interview. Mm-hmm. But I, and we, we were actually watching um, the protests um, last summer, me and my daughter Imani, um, after the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. And we saw you and she pointed you out. She's like, hey, that's, that's who you interviewed. That's, that's in his cancer. Um, and, you know, we saw you addressing the crowd at a, a Black Lives Matter rally. I believe you was in Boston. And, you know, you talked about how change needs to happen now and we can't, you know, um, you know, wait for change. I'm paraphrasing, but something to that effect. So, so I didn't jump on the bandwagon of having the reaction that a lot of other people had because I spoke to you. So I wanted you to, to, to I wanted to talk to you directly and let's kind of walk through what happened with Tucker Carlson, what you mean, what you felt, what you, you know what I mean? Everything like that, that, if that's okay with you. I remember, you know, when first time it was, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter protests were happening. Mm -hmm. I was in Chicago. And when I heard that, you know, for the the first time, we drove with my manager over 10 whatever hours to Boston because I wanted to be with my city during those, Mm -hmm. you know, times and you know protested peacefully with my city and um if you look at i'm not saying it to brag myself but i was the third one in a whole league to went out there and protested you know mm-hmm. because yes of course i 100 percent believe black lives matter and, and and stuff and but you know it was what happened obviously two years ago was my heart just my heart just shattered you know mm-hmm. And I remember even during the bubble, that was one of our biggest goals to get together and try to, you know, bring, first of all, awareness of what's going on. And second, educate the young generation, you know, because we are facing so many problems right now. If we can educate our young generation, we are not going to have the problems that we are facing right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And I sit down with so many, you know, uh, my teammates, you know, like Jalen Brown, Tucker Fall and many other athletes to, you know, come together and brainstorm about what we can do to bring, mm-hmm. you know, more awareness. How can we use our platform to educate people, you know? Right. So, I mean, people, or I say this from in the beginning, I don't have a side. 
I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. Whenever I do some kind of work in a Congress, you know, whenever I put a bill out there about political prisoners in Turkey, or whenever I put a bill out there in um, all the human rights violations are happening in the Middle East, mm-hmm. obviously I have to work with both sides, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I even I was even explaining this to one of my teammates. I'm like, listen, I, I understand you guys are seeing me out there with so many, you know, different kind of people, picture of me with, you know, obviously they love to take a picture and stuff. Right. But you guys need to understand I'm doing a lot of work for those people to free all those political prisoners in prison right now who are getting tortured and raped. Because the stronger the bill is, the more effective effective it's going to be. You know, okay. Okay. so I do. I do work with a lot, lot of people both sides, and I, 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 or I, every time when I talk to people, I say, "Listen, I don't do politics. I hate politics. I don't do politics. I do human rights." There's a, mm-hmm. there's a big difference between you know two lines. Um, to me, I don't care about the politics side because, I mean, obviously, America is having so much problem right now. One one side is attacking the one side, other side is attacking the other side. But the main goal should be how can we make this country better together? But what I'm doing is, um, what can I do to help those people over there? So that's why I work with both sides. And and I understand that. And that's um, definitely a good point. I think that, again, you know, that we know Tucker Carlson and we know Fox News and they have an agenda. And that agenda was very apparent during your interview. Now, you... We're on a different uh, tip. You you said that you were happy for, you know, um, being an American. You talked about everything you just said now, how it is in Turkey and how you can't. You told the story of talking to your teammate um, who was criticizing the president. You said, hey, you can't do that. You're about to you're going to be put in jail. So you but Tucker knew where you were coming from, but he kind of wanted to use that to 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 get you to join their chorus of bashing black athletes in particular. And he used a lot of very distinct language in what he was saying. And I'm looking at you, I'm like, I don't know if he sees what Tucker is doing. Mm-hmm. And and that's, I think that's the, 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 the problem with when you go on their programs, you have to know what their agendas are. And it seemed, it seemed like, I mean, it seemed like what he was trying to pull out of you and try to lead you is to say, you know, you're so grateful to be here. You're so thankful to be here. Those other black athletes, they're not thankful. They're not grateful there. And then it, and you were just in your element of saying, yes, I'm happy to be here. Yes, I'm happy. But then he used that to try to have a side swipe, which is what their normal agenda is, is to attack the ungrateful black athlete that's speaking out against, you know, police brutality or things well, of that nature. Well, whenever I talk about it, it is not, it is never, it was never about black or white athletes or red or purple athletes. It was never about a color, you know. Okay. And I even, you know, have a conversation with many of my teammates. And the thing is, people don't understand is many of the black athletes are in the league are reaching out to me and telling me the they are the one telling me to call out this people, that people. Not okay. many people knows about that. Okay. Uh, they are the one telling me to call out the hypocrisy of LeBron James or the the hypocrisy of Michael Jordan. So they are the one. They, I mean, not many people know this, but they are the one actually sending me talking points mm-hmm. about 
you know, just you, you can't say this and you can't say that because I remember having one conversation with uh, one of them. He's like, listen, these teams got us. We cannot talk, but you're talking. You're already out there, you know, so might as well talk about this. Might as well just say this and say that. And I, I don't follow them blindly. I actually do research first okay. and very, very deep research. And if I believe it, you know, I go out there and uh, uh, say, so not many people knows about it, but, you know, the, many of the black athletes are in the league, are the one reaching out to me and saying, you should talk, be talking about this and that. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And I think, I, and I understand that, and I, there, there was one part in particular that you said um, during the interview that raised a lot of eyebrows. And I want you to clarify this part, as, uh, um, if you could. Um, you said, you, you started off by saying people should feel really blessed to, to mm-hmm. and lucky to be in America. And they love, to, um, they love to criticize it. But when you live in a country like Turkey or China or somewhere else, you will appreciate the freedoms that you have here. And I get that because, you know, like what you said, Turkey, you get put in jail for criticizing the president, right? Um, but then you went a little bit further and you went on to say that uh, they should just keep their mouth shut and stop criticizing the greatest nation in the world. And they should focus on their freedoms and their human rights and democracy. And Tucker Carlson was actually smiling while you said it because he knew that he got you to say what he was trying to say, mm-hmm. uh, what he was trying to get you to say um, and what falls into their narrative. Um, now I don't, I don't believe and feel, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe that you meant for athletes to shut up and dribble, which oh, is, God. which is, which is typically because, because that is what Tucker Carlson was no, no, leading to. Let me, let me just, let me just make it very clear. Obviously, you know, I suffer freedom mm-hmm. and I would never, ever tell an athlete or not just an athlete, a human being or um, a celebrity to not use their platform mm-hmm. because obviously the greatest thing we have is freedom of speech. Another thing, the amazing thing we have is the platform. And what I, the last two years I have, what I have been talking about is what, can, how can we use our platform to educate people? You know? So, so to me, that was very important. And what I meant, I actually like, you know, said this to uh, my teammate, I was like, what I meant by it is obviously, you know, where I'm coming from, Turkey is a brutal dictatorship. You know, we have no freedom of speech, religion, no expression. We have no democracy. You know, Turkey could have been a bridge of Islam and West, but just because of all this stuff happened, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. So what I meant by it is people should feel 
lucky and blessed to be in this situation. And obviously, there are many issues that are happening in America. I'm definitely not denying it. I recognize many of it. And racism is definitely at top of the list. But what I meant by it is people should feel lucky. And I mean, at least they're not in a country like Turkey, Syria, North Korea, Venezuela, Belarus, and many other countries. So thank you for asking that because I wanted to make that very, very clear. Right. And and that's what I that's what I tweeted out. I was exactly. like, no, I don't think that he means what you, you're thinking no, that he meant. Because, not. So so I, and I, I, mean, I, if I if I say that it will go everything I ever against everything agree. I ever stand for. So agree. I would never ever tell not I'm not talking about an athlete, but a person, human being, to shut up and don't don't talk about this or don't criticize that. I mean, yes. the, the, the problem is going to solve first, starting with recognizing the problem and then after that, talking about it and criticizing it and trying to find a solution. So I would never tell a person to shut up and not say a word. Great. I'm glad you clarified that because Fox yeah. News, they're trying to twist your words. But that's no, why, I, I, but that's why you have to be very careful of when you go on their programs. That's yeah. why you have to be careful to make sure. I mean, and it was so obvious what Tucker Carlson was trying to do. And I was like, yeah, I don't think it is, it is kind of freedom is trying to do the, the same thing. And that's that's why everybody reacted so strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So I want to ask you about um, LeBron um, mm-hmm. and not the back and forth. Like I've seen some interviews that you've done. And <laughs> people have been like, oh, so he said that he didn't see you first. And you said, so what do you say to that? I'm not interested in no back. That's 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 the you know, the media doing that. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about working with him um, under a common goal. And if that's what you want to do, um, because that's what I interpret your overall goal as to being not personal attack, not like you got beef with LeBron, but that you want him to utilize his voice and his platform much in the same way that Craig Hodges wanted Michael Jordan to utilize his voice and his platform. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So let me just let me start with this. And obviously, uh, LeBron has the biggest platform of us all, you know. And uh, it really broke my heart when he obviously couldn't say anything two years ago when Daryl Morey tweet, tweeted uh, something about it. But obviously, I first of all, it, it did really bro- uh, broke my heart. But and then after that, you know, obviously, I have nothing against or personally against LeBron. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. I do recognize that he is definitely one of the maybe, you know, best player that ever played a game, you know, maybe top three. I will put him in my top three, you okay. know. So on the court, obviously, he's a nightmare. But um, it, to me, what, and this is not just about LeBron. It's about all those people who are making profit and money out of it. And so the resources are there and people know what's going on. And I feel like before these athletes, you know, it could be not just LeBron, but Cristiano Ronaldo. It could be this, that, right? These big athletes are, before they put their signature on a paper, they should research about what kind of companies that they're, they are uh, signing with. Okay. And obviously Nike is the biggest sponsor of NBA, mm-hmm. right? Um, what, when I researched, obviously, I already knew about that a little bit, but when I researched more and more about the slave labor, you know, the sweatshops and how Nike is pretty much 
He was in modern day slavery over there in China. And I just couldn't believe it. I was, first of all, I was ashamed of myself, which that I wear, I wore Nike the last whatever years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to bring it light. I understand it's the biggest sponsor of NBA or whatever, but I have to stand up for what is right. You know, because I did met with so many concentration camp survivors and I heard it from the first hand how they were getting treated in the slave labors, you know? Okay. And I was like, when I see these athletes that don't, I don't, I want to say don't care maybe about what is going on, how they're, you know, they're making millions and maybe billions of dollars of profit from this slave labors and sweatshops. It does break my heart, you know? Okay. So I feel like you have the oldest athletes or whoever watching young athletes are before you put your signature on a paper, just research about what's going on because it could affect a lot. So, and, and I, and I'm, I'm with you on that and I definitely understand. Um, but going back specifically to LeBron, because he's the one who a lot of your, um, you know, attention is directed towards as far as mm-hmm. calling out. Would you, what is the end goal? Do you want to work with him to be able to? The end goal should be definitely uh, to sit down and work with him and just understand about what's going on. You know, I think the main goal should be not just like calling him out or troll this and that. The important thing is what can we, how can we find solutions? Because I reached out, when I called out LeBron, right? The next four or five games that I had, many of the athletes that I actually shared the court that I played against came up to me and said, thank you for calling him. Okay. Many of his ex-teammates came up to me and said, thank you, because we know that all LeBron is doing is for his own PR. That's not what I'm saying. That's exactly what LeBron's ex-teammates said. And I did not make any comment when they said that. I was like, okay. You know, but my main goal is how can I sit down and have a conversation with him to maybe educate him or he can educate me about what's going on over there. What can we do to these companies to hold them accountable? Because these companies like Nike, right? They stand with Black Lives Matter in America. They stand with no Asian hate. They stand with Latino community. They stand with LGBTQ community. But when it comes to China, obviously they're making billions of dollars. They remain mm-hmm. sad. And they're using pretty much modernist slavery over there. But that, that, that definitely breaks my heart. And I was like, what can I do? And LeBron is not the only one. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember talking to my teammates. It's like, no. I told them, it's like, LeBron is not, not the only one. There are so many other athletes that I am going to, uh, to talk about it, but I'm just not done with my research yet. Gotcha. So this is not about a color. This is not about a player. I'm not. I'm not against anyone. I'm against the people who are, you know, is not educated enough to put their signatures on a paper. Now, from the outside looking in, um, it, it does look a little bit targeted towards LeBron. I mean, I'm sure you can see why it looks a little bit personal. That's, 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 that's not it. Yeah. All right. I'm glad you clarified that. But, but also, you do understand that that is a lot of the reason why the um, Fox News, you'll be invited to Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, Laura Ingram. You know, I'm sure Jason Whitlock will tap dance over to you and Candace Owens because they like to hear anyone criticize LeBron because of the fact that they don't like that he stands up for black rights, 
for against police brutality, that he criticizes mm-hmm. Trump. So just knowing that that's their agenda, oh, yeah, that's course, really right. their reasoning yeah. for Let me tell you something. Well, LeBron is standing up for, I am with him. Right. Listen, when two years ago, Black Lives Matter happened, what LeBron was saying, and not just him, but what but many other athletes were saying, I was with him. Right. I remember uh, we had a meeting in a bubble mm-hmm. with, uh, with our team, uh, Celtics. And uh, we were talking about, obviously, kneeling. And many of my teammates said, listen, man, like you're about to get your citizenship. Do not kneel. Don't kneel. Because back then, Trump was in office. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. And I will be kneeling with you guys. Because, yes, there are so many issues that are happening here in America. And I do want to protest it with you guys. You know, because mm-hmm. this is not about you or me. This is about us. And I, I know, I understand back then I wasn't a citizen, but I still live in this country. So, yeah. oh no, what, what obviously LeBron stands for about, you know, Black Lives Matter and what post brutality and all that stuff. Yes, I do stand with him. And there's not one person in the world can say that the other way because, I mean, you guys can check my social medias, can see my, me attending the protest, me just can see my op-eds, interviews, everything. Uh, and I agree. And that's why people reacted the way they reacted. Like, whoa, what is this that Fox News is doing? It is Cancer to Freedom. So I'm glad that you clarified that. Um, now, I just want to say, and then I'll make a quick point because I know you have to go. And I appreciate you taking the time um, to sit with me. Um, and, and I want to talk about the, the, the way in which they're framing it. Because what you just said just now, I mean, they're not going to run that on Fox News. But what you just said just now, it, you said that you want to be able to um, educate LeBron, and you said you want him to be able to educate you. That's not how they ran the clip. They And I'll show you that the, the clips was, I'd love to sit down and talk with James. I'm sure it's going to be a very uncomfortable conversation with, for him. I don't know if he's uh, going to want that. Um, then then they said, they show where you said, um, I don't know if he's educated enough, but I'm here to educate him. And I'm here to help him because it's not all about money. And so that, if you leave the quote like that, that sounds very condescending, very well, insulting. People, uh, and, that, and that's, that's you know, the, the, the phrase, if you want to try to get somebody on the page to, to work with you, I question if that's the way to do it. For sure. I mean, people can stretch my words anywhere they can. You know, I cannot, obviously, the media in America is, is wild. Mm-hmm. You say something, especially we, it happens a lot in sports media. You say something and they stretch it to some, somewhere else that they have, you did not mean it at all. Right. What I meant, well, let me, just, let me just make it very clear. What I meant by it is, you know, I need to be educated too. That's why, you know, I sit down with Jalen Brown so much mm. and sit down and have a conversation with him about what black people went through throughout the years. Because I don't know him, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's been, he actually sits down right next to me in the plane. And me and him talk hours and hours about the history, what, what you know, Black people went through, what is the real meaning of Black Lives Matter, what, 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 like what's their goal. And he's been educating me the last, you know, since the beginning of the season. So, yes, and I, I am not, I just became a citizen. I did not grow up in this uh, country, you know? I knew that there was obviously mm-hmm. a problem of racism, brutality, and many other issues. But obviously, I came here when I was 17 years old. 
So I did not grow up in this. But when I sit down with educated people like Jalen Brown or uh, some of the other athletes, I'm learning a lot. At the same time, you know, I want to educate people too. Because obviously what's happening in China is not even comparable to anything. There's a genocide happening. There are two, over 2 million people in concentration camps right now, you know, waiting for help. And they get gang raped, they get tortured. And obviously, and no one can say it other way, people are scared to talk, to talk against China. And they're, because they're, the, they're paying the bills, there are a lot of business involved, a lot of companies are scared to say something and, and stuff, a lot of, not just players, but like actors, rappers, singers, scared to say anything. It doesn't matter what your color is. You know, people are just scared, period. You know? Right. But obviously it goes both ways. I want to be educated, well, which I, I have been trying to do my whole beginning of the season with Jalen, but also I want to uh, educate too, because this is real. Yes, I definitely understand. And I think that's that's great of the two-way education. And it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough when you go on those those shows and you have to say something really quick. You know what I mean? And you have a short amount of time and you don't get a chance to explain everything. Um, but yes, the two-way education about everything that's going on in, in this country, um, everything that's going on with, with the police. I mean, from um, Breonna Taylor, Tatiana Jefferson, yeah. you know, uh, Terrence Crutcher, you know, George Floyd, we could go down the entire list. Um, and those are really human rights violations. They're murdering yeah. and not. <laughs> yes. I yes. remember, I remember, you know, especially during the bubble, what NBA did was unbelievable. You know, they put the Black Lives Matter on the court. They put all the, you know, the phrases on, on our back. Right. And we were actually, we did not care about basketball. We cared about how can we educate the world? Because obviously during the bubble, the whole eyes of the world will be on us all right. the microphones was going to be on our face, you know? Right. So, like, to me, that bubble was, that 82 days that I stayed for was amazing because all I did was just learn, you know? I did not know, obviously, I, I didn't know that it was, that racism was the, one of the biggest problems that America had. Mm-hmm. But the more I researched, the more, more I learned, the more I studied, I was like, this is unbelievable, you know? Right. Right. So, like, yes, there are so many problems that are happening. I'm not denying it. I do right. recognize it. Yes. Okay. Um, like I said again, the education should be both ways. And let me just leave you with this: um, you have the opportunity to do something um, really special. And I don't. And I want to make sure that you see the opportunity that you have. You know, I'm, I, I have a new book coming out in January. Um, it's called Police Brutality and White Supremacy: The Fight Against American Traditions. And Fred Hampton Jr. Um, did the foreword for me. I don't know if you know who Fred Hampton Jr. is, but um, ironically, 52 years ago today, like we're doing this interview today on December 4th, um, December 4th, 1969, um, chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party, Fred Hampton, was assassinated by Chicago police in the middle of the night. Um, you know, his, his, he was sleeping next to his pregnant fiance and they literally assassinated him. Uh, one of the things that they were afraid of was that he was bringing people together um, for a common cause. He was bringing the young patriots, the young lords, and this is all stuff you can look up, and the Black Panthers um, all together to fight against a common cause. Um, so when I see what, what, what you have the ability to do, and I see the way that you are calling out LeBron, mm-hmm. I think it's a, there's an opportunity to 
if you can get on the same page as LeBron, you know, to bring him to join your cause. And I understand um, not I don't want to say shaming someone into joining your cause, but there's a different way. You know, like you can get more flies with honey than you can with vinegar, like the, the old saying that uh, my grandmother used to say. So bringing him in and you ha- and now that you've gone on these right wing shows, you could challenge them to also join you. To, to go beyond the fact that they just want to bring you on so you can criticize black athletes and twist your words to criticize LeBron, but actually join you in your cause. And that's something that's really special. So I just wanted to leave you with that. That's, as that's actually the main goal. You know, I remember, you know, uh, having a conversation with uh, some of my assistant coaches and uh, some, of my, uh, some of my friends. I was like, I, I even told them, it was like, my main goal is like never pick someone and attack a person or anything like that. My main, my main mm-hmm. goal is what can I do to bring those athletes in my side? And I'm, I'm already in their side. You know, what can I do to bring their athletes to my side and make them join my cause? Because my, my voice by myself is strong, but with their, with their help, it's going to be, become even stronger. Exactly. People are going to know about what, what's going on over there and, not just in China, but all over, all over the world more and more, you know? So I'm already with them. I'm, okay. I'm already in their cause. I already, you know, recognize, I already kneel with them. I already, like, they're already my brothers, you know? Right. Gotcha. So, like you said, you're, you're 100% right. What can I do to make them join my cause? Now? So. Great, great. Well, good luck to you. Uh, much respect to you. I'm glad that you came on and cleared up a lot of that. I don't, I, I, I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad you asked me those questions because I saw some of the some of the you know op-eds, some of the interviews, some of the comments were like people were really like didn't I guess understand what I was trying to say, and right. I don't judge them because obviously some of the use I use I, I, some of the words that I use could be very like twisted or stretched, but what right. I meant by shut up means like you're blessed, mm-hmm. and obviously I do recognize many of the you know uh, there are so many problems that are happening here, uh, right. which is. You know, at least it's not Turkey or North Korea. I got you. I got you. I got you. So, All right. Well, I'm going to let you go on the practice. Uh, much respect to you. Good luck on the road. Um, yeah. Keep doing your thing. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you so All much. Right. All right. Bless. Thank you for listening to The Rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com, along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AtonThomas36. Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.